Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, let's turn tonight to Philippians 3.13 to start. Pastor was talking about, uh, at the, I believe it was the very first service of the year, I'll give you guys a second to get there. He was stirring us up about this year and all that God has for us. So Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, pastor was talking about reaching forward, attaining more than we've ever had this year. Amen. We all want to do that. That should be something that's in our heart and our pastor is talking about it and encouraging us and, and he gets a word from God and, and, and we need to take that and run with it. Well, one of the things that I believe I've had on my heart, one of the keys to doing this is what I'm going to talk about tonight. And I'm going to talk about walking in love. So don't shut me down because I know it's been preached on a lot, (laughs) a lot, a lot, a lot. But it's super, super important. And for myself, the more scriptures that I found on it and the more revelation I got on walking in love, I just... When I start reading them, I, I'm, I purpose like, okay, you know, I'm going to do better. And, and that was kind of my mindset. But after meditating on them and, like I said, getting more revelation, I, it, it was just all over me. I started seeing people differently. It was just coming up out of me. So my heart is for you to get that for yourself so that it's, it's easy for you. It's not hard. It's not supposed to be hard. It's not supposed to be a burden to walk in love, but we'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Turn to John fourteen fifteen. So in John fourteen fifteen, really short, it says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If we love God, we're going to keep his commandments. Jesus said this. This was, is is it red letters in your Bible? Okay. I have it in red on here because I highlighted all my scriptures in red. So some of them might have highlighted by accident the wrong thing. But so Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you think it's important that we keep his commandments? Okay. So we got that established. The message Bible says, John 14, 15. Same thing. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. It's really simple, super basic. Just do what I'm telling you. And you're going to, we all walk in here and we say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. But we have an opportunity every day. We have circumstances come up every day where we can show God that we love him by keeping his commandments. Well, what are his commandments? What is it that he's telling us to do? So turn to 1 John 3, 24. Before we get to the commandment, I have one more scripture. Actually, today as I was reading, I kept finding more and more and more, and I kept adding, I'm like, i got to stop. This is already a two-parter. I'm going to be talking about this next week too. It's just too, it's too, way too big to do in one service. So 1 John 3, 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. That's good news. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Turn to John 2, 3. We all want him abiding in us. We want to walk throughout our day aware of him abiding in us, speaking to us, moving in us. And when we keep his commandments, he abides in us. That is something you can claim every day. I'm doing what Jesus said, 
and he is with me. He abides in me. He's in me. He's with me through every situation. You can stir yourself up in knowing that. So 1 John 2, 3. Now, yeah, 1 John. I'll give you one more second. Now, by this, we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Turn to 1 John four twenty-one. We want his love perfected in us. It's super, super important. 421. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. He who loves God must love his brother also. You know, like I said, we come in and we tell God we love him, we love him, we love him, but then... We're hating on our brother. We're hating on our sister. And, I'm, and I don't mean it could be, you know, your sister in the Lord. It could be someone you work with. We can't do that. So God wants us to keep his commandments. Well, why is that important? Well, is Jesus your Lord or is he just your salvation? There's a difference. Millions and millions, if not billions of people who have Jesus in their heart, have him as their salvation, but they do not have him as their Lord. They don't. There's a big difference. We should have both. We should demonstrate both. It's, it's not fair to say, Come into my life and save me. And, and there's going to be a lot of people that that's all that happens. And thank God. I mean, that provision is still there. Thank God. They're going to get to heaven and they're going to find out and get revelation that they may not have had access to like us or people in other countries or whatever. And they're going to find out, you know, how awesome Jesus is and everything that they had or they could have had when they were here. And they'll probably be pretty bummed out that there's things they could have walked in and they didn't. But they're going to be there, and they're going to learn. And God's faithful. But I want him, I don't want him just as my salvation. I want him in charge. I want him in charge of everything I do. If Jesus is my Lord, that's all it means. He's in charge, not me. And if I don't obey him... It's just simple. He's not in charge. He's just not. If you break it down that way and think about it, you'll really think about what you do and how you act with people. You'll really consider, wait, he's in charge. It ain't about me. It's not about how I feel, how I'm going to treat someone. It's a, it's, he's in charge. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So what is love? First of all, in one sense, love is a person, and he manifests himself here for a while, and we got to know him in the word, but it's also a command, and we've established that we need to keep his commands. If we love him, we're going to keep his commands, and we're going to have God in charge of our lives. Now, I looked up the word command just to get more of, a, more of an understanding of it, and the dictionary said one of the definitions, I mean, everybody knows what a command is. Someone tells you to do something, you do it. I mean, how many people here have ever worked a job? Probably pretty much everybody. Does your boss say, well, go do this if you feel like it? No, that's not a command. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do here, 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 and here. You know, Whether they say it nice or whether they don't, you know, it's a command. It is something that you're expected to do. Well, Jesus is expecting us to walk in love. 
So another definition was that I found that I liked was be in a strong enough position to secure something. And I thought, is Jesus, is he strong in a strong enough position to secure this from us? Yeah, he's worthy. He deserves this. A command is also an order, a directive, a decree. And, you know, God's worthy. He's worthy of our obedience. He's worthy of us doing this command. Well, what exactly is his command? In the Old Testament, turn to Mark 12, 31. If you've only ever read the Old Testament, you're probably thinking, well, there's Ten Commandments. There's, you know, we've got all this stuff. But when Jesus came, he gave us one commandment. But this scripture in Mark, wait, I think I wrote it down wrong. Hang on. Oh, yeah, Mark 12. I had turned to the wrong thing. Mark 12, 31. Okay, now this was the commandment in the Old Testament. And Jesus was talking about it to his disciples. He said, and the second, let me go. Let me, let, let me back up to 29. Jesus answered him. The, answered him. I think he was talking to, says, he was talking to the scribes. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second commandment like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than, than these. Well, that was Old Testament. Now, Jesus came after he sacrificed himself, turned to John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, you will all know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus gave us a new commandment. And everything is wrapped up in it. And it's, it's wrapped up in love. And in the Old Testament, they said they didn't have the love example walking among them. So God said you know what, treat your brother as like you want to be treated. And you still hear people today saying that. And because they didn't have that example. They didn't have it yet. They didn't have Jesus to show us how it was done. We didn't have that. When Jesus came, he said a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That's different. Do you think maybe he could love us way bigger than we could love our neighbor? Far, far bigger. He laid his life down for us. It's that kind of love. It's that big, unselfish love. That's far, far bigger than just, well, I kind of would like to be treated this way, so I'm going to treat someone. You know, that, that's a start, but, but there's something so much more epic in this. So much more power is wrapped up in this when you demonstrate... And it, John 13.35 or 13.34 says, By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So how are people going to know that you've been with Jesus? Are they going to know it by how long you pray in tongues? Is, I mean, is that what it says? Are they going to know by your miracles and praying for people and them getting healed? It actually says they're going to know by the love you have for one another. And let me tell you something. They're watching. People in the world who aren't saved are watching. They want to see how we're treating each other. You know, when, when it comes to... It's, it's so easy to say, well, I walk in love, you know. Well... I'm nice to people. It's easy when you get along with someone. And you know what? You're actually not walking in love. 
you're just enjoying hanging out with them. <laughs> you're not actually exercising the command. You're, you're just, you love them and they're fun. And where the rubber meets the road is when it's that person, say at work, that just drives you up the wall. Anytime you're going to spend more than, say, a few hours with someone, you're going to get to know them really well. And, and if you clash in personality, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen at school. It's going to happen at the workplace. It's going to happen at church. And if you're really going to keep the command, this is, like I said, where the rubber meets the road. This is where, this is where you have to do it. This is where you have to grab hold of yourself and say, okay, is it, they're getting on my nerves Am I going to focus on that? Am I going to hold on to that? And honestly, it's really a selfish thing. Or am I going to walk in love and show them love? And people people notice this. People are going to know us. They're going to know Jesus by how we love each other. If we're saying we're Christians and they hear us trashing somebody talking bad about him, um, just not being patient with each other, you know, they notice that. I mean, they know we're, we're or our church family, they're not going to want to be a part of that. I mean, that's not how Jesus did when he was here. Besides that, it's a commandment. It's something that we need to do. And if we keep his commandments, the Bible says he will be in us. He'll live in us. He'll abide in us. He'll show himself to us. I have another scripture later. It says he'll manifest himself to us. I want him manifesting himself to me every day. My flesh and how I feel and what I want is not worth missing out on that. It's not worth it. It is so not worth it. All right, I wanted to read the message version of that. Let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When they see the love that you have for each other. Amen. Turn to, actually you don't have to turn to this one. Proverbs 3, 7. Actually, no, I'm going to read that one after. Turn to John uh, Turn to 1 Corinthians 13. So we have, while you're turning there, so we have an order. We have an order from the Holy One. We have an order from Jesus, straight from Jesus. We have a command to walk in love. It's crystal clear when you study these scriptures out. And he's deserving of our obedience. What he did for us, he deserves us following him. And there's blessing wrapped up in it. And I may not get to it, I'm not going to get to it tonight, but um, next week I'm going to talk about the benefits, the things that you will have because you do this. Talk just a little bit about it tonight. But there's some huge, huge things connected to our walking in love. Joy is one of them. And I'm going to talk about that next week. But love is a command and... God's worthy of it. And he, God wouldn't have asked us to do this if it wouldn't have benefited us. How many of you know he's smarter than us? And he knows what he's doing, and he has a really cool plan. And it's greater than what we think or know. And let's do his plan. Let's do things his way, and let's see. You know what? Let's see what's on the other side and find out what exactly he's doing here. You know, in a more um, broader sense, I like to think of it this way. If I'm at work and someone rubs me the wrong way and I think, I don't feel like walking in love, which is, I'm going to get to that next. It doesn't have anything to do with feelings. But I remember, you know, if that person's born again, I'm going to be with this person in eternity. It's not like, (laughs) okay, well, the job's over and I don't have to deal with them anymore. They're going to be around. So you might as well deal with it now. <laughs> you might, and listen, you can. You can. You can get to where 
you know, you know, really when people get on our nerves, it's just because of how we were raised. They do things differently than we do. They might say things. It could come from an angle of us being judgy, really judging them. Why do they do that? That's so wrong. And then we get mad and, and then we react out of it. You know, you can get to a place where the most annoying person, you can see them through God's eyes. You can. And when you start seeing them through God's eyes, you know how it's, it's just the burden is taken off. It's so light because when you're seeing them through the annoyance of your own eyes and it's like, it's very frustrating. It's very draining. And I want that. That's how it is when I do it my way, when I do it God's way and I walk in love, doesn't matter what I think or feel about them. I do what he said, and I've see, I started to see the difference. It's not this hard, hard thing to do. I've started to see the benefit of it, the blessing of it, and I start seeing people through his eyes, start seeing them differently, and there's just a peace being around people that might be different than the way that, that you are. And God's so good. I mean, that's a part of his plan. He's wanting to take that from you and say, hey, that, that stuff's not a big deal. You know, I've got a greater plan and purpose here for what's going on. You don't need to, that stuff's petty. It is not going to matter in eternity. Just let it go. God's smart. He knows what he's doing. Let's do it his way. So 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to examine, first we've examined love as a command. Just straight up, just if you're not going to write anything else down tonight, write that down. It is a command. It's an order. Now, how many of you know military, they get orders, and they probably don't get them as nice as we get them from our bosses. They just, you know, you go out there and whatever, whatever they do. <laughs> I don't have anybody in, in my family that's military. Some of you guys are, so you know. I mean, it's just, you do it. Do they ever ask you if you've been in the military, how you felt about doing whatever it was? Did they ever say, well, I need you to go out on this battlefield and be in this position. How do you feel about that? (laughs) They're not going to ask you that. No branch of the military is going to care. And if you respond, they tell you to do that, and they give you an order, and you respond with, well, I don't really feel like doing that. You know, they're going to straighten out your thinking really, really, really quick. And they probably do it at boot camp. I mean, that's probably where they just nip any feelings about what they're saying and how they're saying it to you is just, they're going to nip it in the bud because they don't have time for that. If you're in a battle or you're going out and, you know, they know some bad guys out there that's going to blow up half the city We don't have time to find out how you feel. You've got to trust. Well, I trust God. Let's trust God. Let's say, you know what? I don't care. He's not asking me how I feel about this person. He's not. We just do it. We do it. We command. We, it's our command. I'm going to obey. I'm going to put God first. I'm not going to put my feelings first. So what love is not is The next part I want to talk about is it's not a feeling. There have been a million love songs, love songs written um, over the ages about love and what it is. And and even, um, you know, today, it's a misused word. It's a misunderstood word. It's a word that, you know, people love. I love my car. You know, I love my dog. He's just the coolest. You know, I love that outfit. You know what I mean? Like, it's used so much and thrown out there so much that we need to renew our mind as to what it really is. And I don't want to, I'm, for myself personally, I'm trying to watch how I use it. You know what? I I love God. You know, I'm going to use it that way. I like my van. <laughs> now, I do love my children, you know. I feel like there's, there's, there's like a, an overstepping that, like, we take when we use that word and we kind of throw it out there. 
So I just, that's just me personally. I'm going to be more careful how I use it. But what it's not, love is not a feeling. Now, in 1 Corinthians 13, this is like the scripture everyone always goes to if you want to talk about love. This is the one I, I've always been told. Well, you know, you need to read, read 1 Corinthians 13 and stir yourself up on it. And I'm going to give you a whole bunch of other ones besides this one. This group, I have to be really honest with you. This, these scriptures in 1 Corinthians 13, I, every time I knew I needed to read them or I did read them, I would like cringe. It got on my nerves. I, I don't, I, I'm, it's, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I want you to know how I felt because I used to read it and it sounds, I wasn't looking at it the right way. I, it sounds so fluffy and I, the way I looked at it, let me go ahead and read it. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love, here's the part. And I mean, these scriptures are epic. I just personally was not looking at them the right way. Love suffers long is kind, it does not envy, it does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read the last part. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So there's a whole lot of, they're telling you what love isn't. And I just wasn't, I would read through this and I'm like, okay, I can suffer long. (laughs) I will not be envious. You know, I'm not going to pray myself. I'm not going to be puffed up over something. I'm not going to behave rudely. And it was very much like in my own, you know, I'm not going to do that. And what I was missing the whole time was these are all feelings. When you are puffed up, you know, or like, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure. For me, that kind of means, it could mean, you're like stuck on yourself or it could just mean you're really angry. I'm not sure either, but it says it does not behave rudely. Usually when someone's rude, um, on purpose, they're, they're upset, their feelings are going and it's part of your feelings. Um, does not seek its own. These are all like fleshy feeling things. And God's trying to tell us, he's not saying you're not going to feel these things. I mean, as long as we are in this body, we're going to feel these things. We are going to meet someone and we're going to behave rudely. And I'm not talking when you do something that somebody thinks is rude and you weren't, you didn't even know what you did. I'm not talking about that because that happens and, you know, that's part of why you walk in love with people because, you you know, People do stuff, and they aren't even trying to be rude. You can't take it personal. Um, Let me get to the next part. Bearing all things. And these are are all feelings. And I thought I had to, if I didn't feel lovey-dovey towards someone, then I thought I was failing at this. So for me, every time I read it, I felt like a big failure. So it frustrated me. And I, when, when I read it just recently, I realized God's not saying you're not going to have these feelings. He's not saying you're this epic failure because you felt like, you know, you, you went up and were nice to someone that you felt like slapping, but you failed because you felt like slapping them. 
No, that's not what he's saying. God's more merciful than that. He's saying, we're going to walk in love anyway. Just obey the command. Do what he said. You, now I'm not saying when you have thoughts and you, if you meditate on something and meditate on it, you're, you're going to get yourself to where you do whatever it is or say, if you, you constantly thinking how annoying someone is and you let yourself, you're going to cross that line and you're going to say something you regret. Now that's, you know, but this is, that's different. What God's saying here is you're not going to feel lovely towards everybody, but you need to do what I said. You, people are watching and they're going to know, they're going to know Jesus by our brotherly love we have for each other. But he has blessing and benefit for us that we don't want to miss out on. And it's so much bigger than that. When you do this, you are taking control of your feelings, your emotions. You're not letting them reign in your body and your mind. And you will begin, they will begin to be dampened down. And I'm telling you, people that drive you the most crazy, you will begin to see them differently. It's supposed to be, it's not supposed to be this huge burden to walk in love. It's not. And God never meant for it to be that way. He didn't mean you're going to have to suffer long and be miserable because you're walking in love. It's not the way that he meant for it to be. Amen? So love is not a feeling. It has nothing to do with feelings. We're going to have feelings. Keep them separate. Um, we don't have to feel like obeying a command to, to, uh, to do it. This command isn't based on how we feel about it or the person it affects. And, you know, if we can obey the orders of man, we can obey our boss, how much more should we be able to obey the Most High? Amen? We can obey him. He knows what he's doing. Let's let Jesus be in charge. Let's let him be in charge of every part of our lives. You know, feelings are honestly, people in the world go from feeling to feeling to feeling to feeling, and they confuse it as love, or they confuse it as whatever. They just follow it. Your feelings will get you in trouble every time. You can't do that. And, you know, feelings are just fruit. Feelings are what you have let yourself think about and talk about. You can get, you can get such a strong desire for something, whether it's, you know, a certain car, a certain purse, an outfit, whatever, a house, you think about it and you talk about it, you can grow such a strong desire for that thing or person that you go after it and it, it may have, you may not have asked God, if, is this something that's okay with him? You can completely override what God's trying to have for you or God's will for your life. You're feeling, you need to take control of your feelings because they will run you, they'll run you in circles. Soon as you get, feelings are just fruit. They're fruit from what you've let yourself think on. That's why we hound you all about getting in the word. Read it. The Bible app, you can even have it read to you. Like if you don't, you're just super busy and we all have busy lives, you can turn it on while you're putting your makeup on. And have it read to you. Because our mind, we've got to get our minds renewed to what the word says. We've got to. Otherwise, our feelings are going to constantly try to reign. And if we keep following them and keep going along with them, like I said, you can develop such a strong desire that you think it's love. It's not. You think, well, I love that thing or I love that person. It's just it's your feelings. It's just fruit of what you've meditated on. So we need to meditate on the right thing. We need to be very careful about that. I mean, 
who here has ever had a strong desire for something that's bad for you? <laughs> strong desire to eat a whole bag of chips. Is that the best thing for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just a small, you know, example, but it's still, it's the truth. I mean, you can, and to confuse and put it in such a simple way to confuse that with, well, it was okay because I really felt something. I, I felt a big craving. That's, you know, it's just feelings. It doesn't mean it's okay for you. It doesn't mean it's good for you. Turn to John 14, 21. How many of you have ever seen, um, maybe this is part of the reason that those, that group of scriptures got on my nerves. It got on my nerves because I wasn't looking at it right. Number one, I look at it totally differently now. Number two, how many of you ever seen that movie, Walk to Remember? Has anybody seen that? Yeah, like the Mandy Moore and the cute guy and... And she's, spoiler alert, it's an old movie. She's going to die. And they're like seniors in high school. I think they get married. And she, he's like this big jerk. He doesn't know God at all. And she, she's like a pastor's daughter, I think. Anyway, she shows him God's love. And it's a really sweet story. Well, there's this one scene in the hospital. And he's, he's with her in the hospital. And, and she's like, read to me. And so he opens the Bible and he starts reading these scriptures. And the look on her face, she's like, oh. she just looks so happy that he's reading these love scriptures. And I remember thinking, I don't feel that way when I read these. <laughs> you, like, this is so fake. It just drove me nuts. It just, and I always see that face when I hear to read these scriptures. I see her face. She's just like, like she's getting a massage or something. Like I feel beat up when I read these because I feel like I'm just failing at it so bad. I hope if you were in my place, which I'm sure you weren't, (laughs) if you were and you felt that way, I hope that you see it a little bit differently now. You know, because like I said, we're always going to deal with our feelings. We're always going to deal with them until Jesus comes back. And then, I mean, I, I can't tell you what all is going to happen then, but I know the flesh, we'll say the flesh part. I can tell you the flesh part will be different. That, that I'm, I know will be different. So I told you to turn to, was it First John fourteen twenty? Is that what I said? Oh, John fourteen twenty one. Okay. Yeah. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. That's a powerful scripture. I, um, lately when I have an opportunity to not walk in love, I remind myself of this. Is it worth not having him manifest himself to me? And I'm like, no, this is not worth it. I want him to manifest himself to me. And I mean, in a big way, every day, I want new revelation of who he is and what he's telling me and what I need to do every day and where I need to go. And I don't want anything in the way. It is not worth it for me. It's just my feelings and my selfish flesh that wants to say something that's not right, do something that's not right. And it's not worth it. So this one's really good. Write that one down for sure. Remind yourself of that. It's not worth it. He will, you will be loved by the Father, and Jesus will love you. It says, I will love him and manifest myself to him. So I'm, I've been confessing every day. He is manifesting himself to me. I have great blessing coming, and it stirs me up. It stirs up joy in me. I'm not suffering for Jesus by walking in love with someone anymore. It's totally changed how I look at it. Because that honestly is how I looked at it. Well, we're just supposed to suffer. We're just supposed to suffer in love. We're supposed to just put up with. We're supposed to, you know, and it, that's, that's not the idea that God had. He had something far bigger for us. Amen? He wants to manifest himself to us. If he's manifesting himself to you, think, think of the most, one of the most amazing times you've ever had with God. Were you 
in that moment, did you feel like, you know, slapping somebody? No. <laughs> you, had, you felt completely different. And that's how I want. I want that. I'm going to trade that for that. I want his power and his presence. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. It gets easier and easier. And besides, it's not just in and of ourselves. When we do anything God says, he's anointed us to do it. If he's asked us, he's fair. He's anointed us to do it. And we can do this. I mean, think of Jesus when he was here. Think of all the garbage that he put up with. And do we put up with that stuff? Do we go out? Am I standing up here speaking to y'all, and I have a group of people here saying, yeah, but what about this? What about that? You know, he had to deal with the Pharisees. I mean, how frustrating to be, and they were constantly trying to trip him up. Have I ever had to put up with that? Not here, maybe at work or something. I've come up with that a few times, but I've never had to do, I haven't had to go through what he went through. He didn't, he wasn't guilty of anything, and yet he was accused constantly, constantly. I've never laid down my life like he did. He went through all that. He went through all that so we don't have to. He loves us so much. You know, he, we don't have to do it in and of our own power. He's anointed us. He's walked it out and shown us the example. And if, and God never, ever asks us to do something that we can't do ever. He is fair. He is the most fair. Amen. So I don't even know if I want to, yeah, I guess I'll go in a little bit more. So if we're, we understand that, um, we have a command, we have an order, we have a direct order from the Holy one. And we know it's to love, but how do we do that? One of the first areas that I was studying out was preferring one another. That's a really good first step for showing people and obeying the command to prefer someone else. Turn to 1 John 4, 20. First John 4.20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. He's making it really plain here. Preferring your brother is, it's an everyday choice. Am I going to talk or I'm going to let them talk? Am I going to get, am I going to choose where we go to eat or am I going to let, ask them what they want? Every single day you have an opportunity to prefer someone else. Well, if I always do this, then I'm never going to get what I want. That's the first thing that's probably going to come to your mind. I do this and I never get what I want. I never get to say what I want to say and I always miss out and they always have their way. You, when you do it God's way, you, you focus on them getting their need met. God will focus on meeting your need. He will make sure whenever you do something God's way, he, he, he doesn't, he's not messing with you. He's like, ha, you know, you're miserable now. He, no, it's because he always has something greater for you. You'll get your need met, and you'll get it met in a way that will probably just blow your mind. Like, it's so much easier, so much more of a blessing. God will take care of you. You know, and and honestly, saying those words should become almost like profanity. Well, what about my needs? We should get to a place where we don't even say that. It sounds almost like impossible. It almost sounds scary. It almost sounds crazy. You turn on the TV, you're going to hear it all the time. You're going to see it in movies. It's probably one of the biggest things when couples fight, well, what about what I want? And we need to renew our mind that that is not a mindset that we need to have. We've got to trust God. Is he big enough to take care of us? 
And half the time, you know, that need that we're wanting met is a flesh thing. Honestly, probably more than half the time, it is something that we can live without at that moment. We'll be okay. You know, but God's good. He's still going to bless you. He, he doesn't want, you know, he's a good father. He wants us to feel cared for. But if we continually walk in a way that he can't do it, we're not going to feel that way. And it's not his fault. It's our fault. And I don't want to miss out. I do not want to miss out on all the good stuff that he has for me. So it's just, it's your flesh. It's an everyday issue. It's a choice. Either you're picking what you want or you're picking something, you're letting someone else pick. Prefer each other. We should be constantly preferring each other. Well, what do you want? And, you know, almost to the point of obnoxiousness. No, you choose. No, you choose. (laughs) Let's make sure someone else gets theirs. And, you know, God's going to get us ours. And when they get theirs, let's be excited about it. When somebody comes up and says, God bless me with this, get excited. Don't be like, oh, I've done it. I've heard it. Oh, cool. Like, get yourself stirred up. Get excited. Rejoice. Let's rejoice with one another that, hey, that is really, really cool. That is awesome. I am so glad. You don't have to go crazy, but... You know, just be glad and show, you know, your brothers and sisters that you're excited. God's blessing them. You know, there's, <laughs> it stinks when you, God blesses you with something. You're so excited to tell someone and they're just like, hmm. <laughs> or, you know, they're not really that happy for you because they're, you know, they're, they're in a spot where they're not, you know, they're actually not happy for you. I mean, that happens too. Well, let's not be like that. Let's be a faith people that we say we are (laughs) and know that we're just next in line. We're doing the command. We're doing what God said. He's going to meet our needs and be excited when someone else's needs are being met. And then when you get your need met and you go tell someone, you know you're going to find like 10 people who are just ready to run with you and excited for you. I I have to stir myself up in this because I... just emotionally don't get like real excited. I'm not a spaz. I'm just not like that. You know, (laughs) some people are just, you know, they're just more naturally like that. So I'll be excited for someone, but I don't always let it show. And I'm working on myself to let that show more because I want them to know, you know, this is awesome. Besides, you're sowing good seed. Amen. So I don't really want to go into the rest, but next week, um, I'm going to talk about how Jesus treated his disciples. You remember the, after the, um, after the last supper, he washed their feet. I'm going to talk about that. And don't let that gross you out. I'm not going to talk about us washing each other's feet. (laughs) I'm just going to talk about the, the, uh, importance of how he treated them. (laughs) But, um, I'm going to talk about what we are a part of and how big it is when we obey the command. And I'm going to talk about how our joy is connected, and I've got some scriptures for that. And um, I'm also going to talk about Judgment Day. You know, we can have joy on Judgment Day. And I think there's some confusion about what is going to happen on Judgment Day. And I want to talk about that too. But I also want to talk about what love doesn't do, which I have, you know, quite a few things for on that. So I hope, I know a bunch of you won't be here because you'll be on winter retreat, but I hope that you get the download. Are you guys leaving that late that night or you'll be gone? (laughs) Oh, that morning? Yes, you guys will be gone. But so, you know, after winter retreat, try and, you know, make sure you pick it up. Um, Or be here next week if you can be here because I've got a lot more to talk about concerning this. So God's good. Amen. I, you know, like I said in the beginning, pastor was talking about reaching forward and attaining. And I feel like this could be, this can, not walking in love can be a huge stumbling block. 
I mean, I've had years where I felt like I just heard crickets when I would go to the Lord. And I realized I'm not walking in love like I thought I was. Like, and when I fixed it, it was like that wall was torn down. And I could hear from God and things were different. And I don't, I don't want anybody to go through that. I don't want anybody to spend, you know, it's like wasted years. It's wasted time. You know, God has so much for us. I want us, we want to be as a church moving forward and reaching forward together, but also in our individual lives. When we do that individually, I mean, we're powerful. And people outside notice. People are watching. Oh, so you call yourself a Christian, but then... When so-and-so gets on your nerves, you're rolling your eyes at them. Well, do they want to come be a part of that? Because as soon as they think they're going to come in and start spending some real time with us, that's how we're going to treat them. And realistically, they're right. And it sounds really simple, but it's just straight-up truth. They're, they people in the world, they've not... People that don't know God, they don't know the kind of love that we have or should be having for one another. And they're going to be, you know, the devil doesn't want us doing this. Because the more we do it, the more blessed we're going to be. And the more people are going to want to be like us. So he doesn't want that. He doesn't want more people coming in. He doesn't want more people being like Jesus. And so this is huge. This is something we need to make sure that we're keeping the order. We're allowing God to be in charge. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.